Good morning, everybody. This is day five of COVID uh, from teaching from home. And it's Sunday morning. I hope any of you are listening today. Let's open a prayer. Lord, we just ask you to bless this morning, bless this day, help those that are sick to feel better, and help us all to feel better in the church and around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 7, we're going to be starting at 36. So far we've had the faith of the centurion who just said Jesus did not have to come in and to his home, he'd, he'd, his daughter would be healed, his servant would be healed. And Jesus said it was great faith. Uh, John sends his disciples to see if the Messiah really is Jesus. And he shows them and then he praises Jesus, or praises John to the people. Then he talks about how the people did not want to follow Jesus or John. John was too austere for them. Jesus was too easygoing for them. And he said they considered him a glutton. And then in verse 36, we see a Pharisee inviting Jesus to dinner just after having been criticized. So we're going to look at this. And one of the Pharisees desired of him that he would eat with him. And he went in into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the, uh, in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus was at meat with the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spoke within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something somewhat to say to you. And he said, said Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, and one owed him five hundred pence and another fifty. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, You have judged rightly. And he turned to the woman and said to Simon, See, this, see you this woman, I entered into your house, you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with tears. You wiped and wiped them with the hairs of her head. You gave me no kisses. But this woman, since the time I have come in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with, with oil you did not anoint. But this woman has anointed my feet with oil. With ointment. Wherefore I say unto you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loves much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And he said unto him, your, to her, Your sins are forgiven. And they that said at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgives sins also? And he said to the woman, Your faith hath saved you. Go in peace. So here we have a story of a Pharisee bringing Jesus in for a dinner. Now he's already criticized the Pharisees just before on this and said that the Pharisees have rejected the counsel of God. And now a Pharisee is bringing it in mostly to try to figure out who he is and try to find something against him. And when Jesus comes in, it says, Behold, a woman of the city, which was a sinner, for she knew Jesus sat at meat of the Pharisee, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Now this word for sinner is, is one that is devoted to sin. So she had lots and lots of sin, most people believe that she was probably a prostitute. And how she gets into Simon's house is another question altogether, but 
But it comes in, and Jesus is going to be anointed by this woman. She, he, she weeps at his feet and washes his feet feet with his tears. Now that's a lot of te- crying to be able to wash his feet with with tears. And she's kissing his feet. She knows that she's a sinner and she knows that he's the one that can forgive her. And she is drastically trying to see what's going to happen. And all this time when Simon looks on, he just criticizes Jesus. He doesn't look at what's happening here for a sinner being touched. He looks at Jesus and says, if this man knew was really a prophet, he'd know that she was a sinner. Now, Jesus, of course, knew that she was a sinner, and that's the thing that's going on here. But Simon is also a sinner. He just doesn't know it. He thinks he's so special. He knows that he lives in a way that says, I'm above all sin. I don't, I don't sin. I don't, I, don't need, I don't need God. I don't need anything because I keep the laws. I'm a Pharisee. And so he is self-righteous, and he's criticizing Jesus for his relationship with this woman. And we look at this. What is our reaction to those that are living in, living in deep sin? What's our reaction to those who are living in moderate sin? How about ourselves? Where are we on that spectrum? Many of us who are Christians might think, well, I'm not really that bad. We don't want to ever get to that place where we think that, that way. Simon did not think he was bad. He thought that he was righteous before God and that he was going to stand before God in his own righteousness. And he looked down upon this woman who came in and washed Jesus' feet with her tears. And he looked down on Jesus because he allowed this woman to touch him. Because Simon would never have let that happen. He had never let a sinner touch him because the Pharisees did not do that. The Pharisees kept a distance from all those that were sinning They did not want to have anything to do with them. They would not talk with them, and they especially wouldn't touch them. And they might give them an arm as long as they could drop it into their pan, but that's about as far as it would go. And here we see him criticizing Jesus in his mind. He said within himself, and yet Jesus knows all things. He knew what Simon was thinking. He knew where Simon was going in his mind, and Jesus went after his wrong thinking. We need to be very careful with our thinking. Does our thinking match up to biblical thinking? And this is very important. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. We need to recognize that all people are sinners and need God. Jesus came to this world just for this purpose, to reach the lost, to be able to reach down into the horrible pits that we are in and pull us out, and rescue us, and forgive our sins. And the Pharisees would not ever do this. They would, they, some of them loved God, and we're not sure what's going on with Simon. We don't know if he was trying to trick, trap Jesus, or did he really truly want to follow after God? We don't know. It doesn't tell us. But he's not going to be real happy with what Jesus said. So when Jesus thinks, he goes, Simon, I have something to ask you. And he asks, gives him the story. You know, somebody owes 50, 50 pence and the other one owes uh, 500 pence. And if the master forgives both of them, who's going to love him more? Now, this is literally a day's wages that he's talking about. So one owes 50 days wages, the other owes 500 days wages. 
And we see here that what's going on, and Jesus is telling him, you know, Simon, who would love more? And Simon goes, well, probably the one who has forgiven much. And Jesus said, exactly. You are spoken correctly. The one who has forgiven much will love much. The, he who's forgiven little will love little. Now, was he saying to Simon that he had no sin to be forgiven? Oh, absolutely not. But in Simon's mind, he did not have a lot of sin in his life, and therefore he would not look and say, I need God's forgiveness. Simon knew. He was a Pharisee. He understood the sacrificial system. He understood that every year they had to have the sacrifice of the lamb uh, for Yom Kippur, for the forgiveness of sin. He understood that they needed the Passover sacrifice. He understood all of these things, and yet he never really realized that all these sacrifices were for him. We need to be very careful in that same process. Do we recognize that we are the target for these things? Or do we recognize that we need to receive forgiveness because of our awfulness and sin? One thing that I've known, learned over the years is the more that I walk with God, the more I realize that I'm not holy enough to be His. It is His righteousness that allows it. And this is coming very important. You know, the closer we draw to the Holy God, the more we realize that we are a sinner that is saved by grace. And this is the important thing. There's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. Sometimes we forget that when we walk with God long enough. We forget that we are truly saved by grace. We think, oh, God is so lucky to have me because of all the blessings that have happened. You know, look at all the good things I do and the way I serve, and God is lucky to have me, and God says, you're still a sinner saved by grace. I'm the one that's going to be able to redeem you. And so he, he tells him that, you know, Simon, you, you judge rightly. And then he turned to Simon again and he said, See this woman I entered into your house, you gave me, and you gave me no water for my feet. She has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. Now this is kind of a serious snub, actually, because first thing that's supposed to happen when you walk into somebody's house was your feet were to be washed. Simon did not even meet the most basic civil standing at that time. He did not have Jesus' feet washed by a servant or by himself or anybody. So Jesus is gently chastising Simon. Simon, you have not met even the beginning process here. You did not wash my feet, and yet this woman has washed my feet with her tears. He goes, you gave me no kiss, but this woman, since I've arrived in her house, has not ceased to kiss my feet. And again, that that greeting of a kiss in that time was, was a greeting that was supposed to be there. So Simon is not bringing Jesus in and meeting even the most basic of the customs required for coming into somebody's house. He didn't wash his feet. He didn't greet him with a kiss. And Jesus said, you know, you, my head with oil, you did not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. He's really criticizing Simon at this point. Simon really has no answer for this at, at, at this point because Simon did not do even the most basic things that he was supposed to do. And Jesus is there to teach him and said, Simon, you invited me to your house You've given me a dinner, but you did not give me any other hospitality you know, on this event. We don't know what place in the table Jesus was given. He was supposed to be the honored guest, but we don't know where he, where he was sat at. 
and we don't know where he did, but Simon has not met any of the customs and the needs up to this point. Simon has looked at Jesus and said, he's at my house, I'm going to judge him. We need to be careful about judging others. We are not better than anybody else out there. We're probably worse than anybody else out there. Simon was looking at Jesus and he wanted to judge him. He wanted to see what was going on with Jesus' life and wanted to judge him. And here we see that judgment, uh, judgmental attitude made him even miss the customs that he was supposed to obey and follow. And Jesus said, this woman, this woman has washed my feet and kissed my feet and cried and anointed my feet. Simon, what did you do? Simon, why are you any more important than she is? And Jesus is chastising him very gently, but yet very strongly. And you can almost picture Simon probably was not very happy with this. You know, being compared to a sinner and being judged less than a sinner was not going to sit well with a Pharisee. Pharisees considered themselves better than all others. They obeyed God as far as they were concerned. They obeyed the laws. They gave their tithes. They gave their offerings. They went down and gave their sacrifices. But they did not live the way that God wanted his people to live under grace. They all believed that they were self-righteous. Look at all that I have done. Look at all that I have kept. This is something that we in the church need to be very careful about. We do not get this attitude that we're better than anybody else just because we're saved. We are saved by grace, gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And here we see Simon basically boasting, and Jesus is saying, Simon, you don't have anything to boast of. You haven't even met the common features. You have not even been kind. You did not offer me anything that you were supposed to offer me in this process, and yet this woman, this sinner that you're so concerned about, has blessed me and given me everything that I need. And then he turned to the woman, and no, verse 30, 43, and he goes, Wherefore I say unto you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she has loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. So here Jesus is saying something that's going to horrify the Pharisee Simon. He says, her sins are forgiven. This is something that God only can do is forgive sins. So every time Jesus forgives sin, he's saying, I am God. And that is going to bother the Pharisees and all those leaders. And he goes, Simon, you've, you, you think you're being forgiven little. She's been forgiven much. And she knows that she's been forgiven much. Now, Jesus is not saying to Simon that, that he's the one that look, that uh, was forgiven little. Simon's going to think that he's the one that's been forgiven little, but he's not. One sin before God is enough to keep us out of heaven. And so there's not degrees of sin for people. And we need to really understand that. All are sinners, and all need that forgiveness. And this is why it's so important that we look to God and say, God, we need you. We need to follow what you're asking us to follow because we are sinners. We need to recognize that we're a sinner so that we can come before God and ask for forgiveness and not get self-righteous, not get thinking that we're better. So that when we see people in need, when we see people that are hurting, and it's because of the consequences of their sins, we are to reach out and love them because it could have been us. 
If we had not come to God, we could be that one that needs, needs that forgiveness. We could be that one that's in the gutter. And we need to be able to see that that is what's important, that all of this stuff needs to be going on for us. Then Jesus turned to the woman and says, your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine, do you remember when you went before God and you asked Jesus to come into your heart and your sins were forgiven? All those sins were gone, taken away from you, lifted off, and joy and peace is what you now experience. And you have the love of God in you and your joy and freedom and the lightness of heart for your sins being forgiven. This woman had been crying at Jesus' feet. Now she's rejoicing. Her sins are forgiven. And we look at this and say, what a wonderful place. I hope we all remember when we got saved and ended up with our sins forgiven and the joy and, and peace that we had on it. And then we had the very interesting thing that we knew would be happening at this point. Jesus forgave them, and it says, They that sat at meat with him began to say amongst himself, Who is this that forgives sins also? The Pharisee probably had other Pharisees in his house, but he also had people that were trained in the law because he, would have, he wouldn't eat with sinners, so he had the best of the best at his house, and all of a sudden they're looking, and Jesus says, Your sins are forgiven. They know one thing that's very true. They know that only God can forgive sins. So now they're looking at who is this man. This man does miracles. This man heals people. He casts out demons, and he dares to forgive sins. He, and they knew very well that he claimed to be God. They didn't accept him as God, but they knew that he claimed to be God. Don't ever let anybody tell you that the Bible does not have any place where Jesus said he was God. Right here is one of those places. When he forgave sins, he was claiming to be God. And the people in that room knew what he had done. And they're going, who is this that also forgives sins? And they said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What a beautiful thing, her faith. For your faith are we saved, not of, by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. This woman had faith that God would be able to heal her. And she acted on it and sought God in tears. And this is, we're not all going to be coming to God in tears, but there has to be a place where we recognize we are sinners, recognize that we are lost. When we're witnessing to people, the first thing we have to do is get them to recognize that they are lost. And we do this you know, through Romans Road. There's one way we do it for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. You know, all have sinned. It says the wages of sin is death. And that's sin singular, not sin plural. So one sin is all it takes to make us deserve death. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And then we're also told in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. These are the beautiful quotes in the verses on it. Life comes through Jesus Christ. We will not get to be forgiven of our sins and enter heaven without Jesus Christ. If there was any other way to get to heaven, then Jesus wasted his time coming to this world to die on the cross for sin. So there is no other way. God paid the debt. 
that he did not owe because it was our debt that we could not pay. And we need to keep this in mind as we go forward on here. Faith is what saves. People's faith. Once they are in a place where they can be lost, then they can say they need Jesus. Simon was not in a place where he needed Jesus. He did not believe that he needed Jesus. He did not believe that he was a sinner. And he rejected God at this point. And we see this woman bowed down at his feet, literally at his feet, in tears, and a multitude of tears to be able to wash his feet with tears, and would kiss his feet, but would not probably dare to look into his face. She knew her place before the, the Holy One of God was at his feet, not looking at his eyes, not looking at his anything else. She was able to just barely come to his feet. Is that their attitude? Are we humble enough to realize that we need God and that we can't really follow after this completely and that we need him and that we need to follow after him and reach down and just say, God, I am a sinner unworthy of your f grace. And at that point, Jesus forgives us, puts us in a new life. The Holy Spirit comes into our life and changes who we are and we become his children, worthy to stand before God because of the righteousness of Christ, not our own righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ, and be able to stand before him in all that he does. Lord, we just ask you to bless this day. We ask you to cover everything that's going on. Lord, we ask you to bring us back together soon for services live and in person. We we'll get this COVID taken care of. And we just thank you in all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Listening friends, do you know God, not just know about him, Today is the day to decide to become his child. God loves you, and Jesus came to die for your sins. In Romans 3.23, we are told, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have sinned. God says the penalty for sin is death. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We sin and deserve death and hell. However, Romans 5.8 says, but God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you so much, he died for us so that we can be forgiven and have eternal life. How do we do this? Romans 10, 9 through 8 says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Today is that day for you to come to God and truly know him. Do you know him? Do you want to know him? Pray in your own words like this. God, I know that I am a sinner and deserve punishment. I believe that Jesus died to pay my sins. Forgive me and help me to turn from my sins and to live for you. If you have asked this of God and truly believe you are God's child and part of, of his family, we encourage you to do these things. First, Tell somebody that you are saved. Second, start reading the Bible each day. We recommend starting with Ephesians and then the Gospel of John. Find a good Bible teaching church. If this is your, your day of salvation, you can contact us and we will send you a booklet to get started on your new life and are available to help you with any questions you have about the Bible. You can contact us by email at office at chloridebaptistchurch.com or by mail at Chloride Baptist Church, P.O. Box 65, Chloride, Arizona, 86431.